vein or same theme, but I want to talk to you uh, today in, in a message that I want to entitle, Don't Fear the Dark. Don't Fear the Dark. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 27, I'll just read it for you, and then we'll be going to Genesis chapter 15. And so if you would like to turn to Genesis 15, uh, you can do so. And, and while you're turning there, I'll just read you this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 27. It says, Whatever I tell you in darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetop. Whatever I tell you in darkness, speak in the light. What you hear in your ear, what I whisper to you, preach on the housetop. Amen. And then let's go to Genesis chapter 15, and we're just going to kind of slip through here. I'm going to read a little more than I normally do, but uh, not the entire chapter, just almost. Uh, Verse number one, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward the heavens and count the stars, and if you are able to number them, and he said to him, you shall, uh, shall, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Verse 8, And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each on uh, opposite the other. Uh, But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. And now when the sun was gone down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, a horror, a great darkness fell upon him. Verse 17, and it came to pass when the sun went down in the dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, the Lord made covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river Euphrates to the great river, the river Euphrates. Amen. Uh, The Bible says here, when God is talking to Abraham, he tells him that I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. The word exceeding here means rapid. The word great means increasing, and the word reward means money supply. And so this is a very interesting story because God tells him that I am your your rapid 
increasing money supply. I am your rapid increasing money supply. Uh, You have to understand that Abram, who he was and where he was in this time frame in Scripture, uh, there up until this point were not very many heroes of the Bible. There weren't a whole lot of people to be celebrated. There wasn't any celebrities, if you will. Uh, We have Adam, who is not considered a hero because of his transgression that brought sin upon the human race. We have uh, there Noah, who who built an ark to the saving of his own house, and and certainly he was a hero. Uh, 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 Other than that, we really don't have a whole lot. We have Enoch that gets one scripture that says that he walked with God and was not. Uh, And so we have this very short list of heroes up until this point. And then after the flood, everything seems to hinge upon this one man, Abram, uh, who, who will become known as the father of the faith. Uh, We as believers uh, don't know uh, this uh, promise that uh, of Adam. We don't know, we're not known as the promise of Noah, but we as believers are known with the promise of Abraham. Amen. Uh, We have the Abrahamic covenant that we are still connected to today. And so in this story, he has not yet achieved the promise that, that, but he is working on it. He is not yet, he is not introduced to us as the father of faith, but he is introduced to us as one that is working in the process of becoming the father of faith. Amen. And so that, that's what I love about the Bible. It tells the whole story. It tells the good, the bad, and the ugly. It tells about the blessing, but it also tells about the difficult time. And and the reason that I'm uh, so excited about that is because many times we want to take and remove the humanity. We want to cleanse it so much until we only want to tell the spiritual aspect of it and, and the good aspect of it. But the reality is when you remove the struggle, then you remove me from ever having any hope. Because you see, the realize, when I realized that the Abraham had a struggle, when I realized that people of faith had struggles getting to where they were going, then it gives hope to me because if I did not know that, I would think if I am struggling, if I am fighting, then I must be doing something wrong. And so therefore, God doesn't want me blessed. But the reality of when I understand that they too had a battle, They too had a struggle. They too had fights that they were fighting and they were dealing with. Gives me hope to know that I'm on the right track. And even though that I may be in a struggle and may be in a battle, God is still on my side and he really does want me blessed. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him God does want you blessed. Whenever I read things like Peter and and Paul uh, having to be separated because they almost come to blows over their doctrine in the middle of the street. Amen. We know church ought not be like that, right? (laughs) But it gives me hope to know, amen, that I'm not the only one that has the potential to flip out on somebody. Come on, somebody. 
that, that I'm not the only one that has to deal with struggles and issues in my life. Amen. But God is faithful even in difficult times. Amen. And so we see the story of Abraham, the flaws that he has. We, we see him reaching for this status of being the father of the faith. The Bible doesn't introduce him as the father of the faith, but it tells us that he's on this journey. God tells us that Abraham leaves the place that he is at, and he is going to go and be the father of a great nation. That he is going to a place, God tells him that I'm going to bless you naturally, right? He says, if you can count the sands of the sea, speaks of a natural uh, a blessing. And if you can count the stars of the heavens, speaks of a spiritual blessing. He said, I'm going to bless you both spiritually and physically. The natural seed would become the nation, the Jewish nation. But you see, the spiritual seed would be all of us who believe. All of us who call upon the name of the Lord. We are the seed of Abraham today. Praise God. And so you see Abraham, yeah, give him praise. Based on his word from God, Abram leaves everything that he knows, every, his family, his, his place of, of, of business, everything that he knows that, is, is, uh, uh, that he is familiar with, he leaves all of this behind and he goes his separate way. Amen. Now, Abram is already rich. Abram is already rich. The, the, we see here that he has a battle with five kings and he defeats them and he gets all of their stuff. He pays tithe to Melchizedek and Melchizedek turns around and pronounces a blessing upon him. Amen. And the Bible, and the reason that I say that is because the Bible said after these things. So I want to know what was it that brought Abraham to this place? It was after he had already was rich. It was after he was already blessed. It was after he had already defeated these five kings. It was after Melchizedek pronounced the blessing upon him. And then God turns around and says, after these things, he tells him, fear not for I am your exceedingly great reward. Amen. Abraham is not talking or following God because he needs some more stuff. Amen. Because not only was he already rich, but he had already defeated these five kings. He was blessed by Melchizedek. Amen. He was not after this, but God turns to him and says, fear not because I am your increasing rapid money supply. Amen. I believe that God was reminding Abraham not uh, not to speak and say, I won't bless you in the future. But he was reminding Abraham, amen, that I, if it weren't for me, you would have never been blessed in the manner that you have been blessed. That if it weren't for me, you would have never been able to get to where you are by the time that you're there. But because I am your rapid exceeding money supply, you've been blessed in the manner 
word that you have already been blessed. Amen. And I believe sometimes we need to just look back over our lives and see how good we have been blessed. How that the Father has bestowed his blessings upon us. And remember, if it had not been for the Lord on our side, our enemies would have already destroyed us. But we stand in where we're standing today, blessed as we are blessed, because God is our rapid money supply. He is our source today. Come on and give him praise here. The Bible says, you know, he's telling him, I'm the one that got you here faster than you should have been here. Even though Abram has been blessed, it's now, it's now not that he is now the richest man on the face of the earth at this time, but there's still something missing. Someone who leaves their home and their family just isn't doing that to get money, get riches. If somebody leaves their home, leaves their family, leaves everything that's familiar to them uh, uh, for money, they need to be on Jerry Springer. Come on, somebody. Because that just doesn't make sense to leave everything that of familiarity and leave your family and leave your home uh, going looking for money. That's not what Abraham was after. Amen. That when we look at him, we see that he already has all of this. But Abram says, uh, but I'm I'm after the promise that you gave me. I'm looking for the promise that is over my life that you declared that I could have. You told me to leave because I would become the father of a great nation. Amen. And yes, I'm rich. And yes, I'm thankful for all of the blessings that you have brought me. And I am so grateful that you've brought me here quicker than I should have been here. But I can't see the beginning of my promise coming to pass. I can't see what you told me to leave my own country for. The word that you spoke over my life. And yet I do not see one very little part of it starting to to come together. Amen. I've come to talk to some real people today. I come to talk to some people like Abraham, that you've been blessed and you're thankful for the blessing. Amen. You're, you're appreciative of God for the acceleration in your life. But there is an unfulfilled promise that's still hanging over your life. And while you are thankful for the blessing, other people look at the job you have. They look at the car that you have. They look at the house you live in. They look at the influence that you've got and they wish they had that. But there's still something eating at you. Amen. You're not following God for the stuff. You're following him because there is a promise that is still over your life that is unfulfilled. And you're saying, God, I haven't seen the beginning of it yet. And I want your word to be fulfilled over my life. Amen. You see, it's it's not that you don't believe. Abraham believed. He just didn't have a child yet. I hear the frustration in Abram's voice. God tells him, I'm your exceedingly great reward. And Abraham says, I don't have a child. God tells Abraham, count the stars of the heavens and the sands of the sea 
and that's your children. And I hear the frustration. You know, God, God is telling him, count this blessing, count all of these things. And, and, and Abram says, yeah, but what about my promise? Now, if that's not frustration, I don't know what is. He's saying, what about my promise, God? Thank you for what you've done, but what about the promise? And God starts telling him to count the stars and the sands of the sea. But how many know a promise delayed will make your heart sick? In other words, I don't want to hear it again. This wasn't the first time Abram had heard this. He had heard it before. Amen. And he's talking to God in in so many words. And I know I'm reading into this so you can take it for what it's worth. But I hear Abram saying, I've heard that before. Amen. You ever heard a word spoken over your life so many times that you wanted, you, you didn't want to hear it anymore. You didn't want to listen to it anymore. You didn't want somebody speaking over you anymore. You see, I'm not looking for another word. I'm not looking for a prophecy over my life. I celebrate the gifts. I honor the gifts, but I'm not looking for another word over my life. I want that word that has already been spoken over me. I want that promise that has already been given to me. I want that word to come to pass over my life. Amen. I think that's where Abram was. He was, he had had all of these victories. He had had all of these riches. He had all of these things. And here comes God again. This father of faith, but he needs something to happen in his life. Some of you here today need something to happen in your life. You're thankful and you love God with all of your heart, but you still need something to happen in your life. I want to talk to those real people today that you've got success all around you. You've got, you've been blessed by the Father God and you're so grateful and thankful for it. But the reason you started this journey is still missing in your life. Amen. Abraham asked God, how will I know? You said, as the stars of the heaven, as the sand, but how will I know, God? Now, you believe me, he's frustrated? I've heard this before. And now you're going to tell it to me, but I want to know, how am I going to know, God, that this really is going to come to pass over my life? Abraham, and God says to him, bring me a sacrifice. How am I going to know that that I'm going to be a father of a multitude? How am I going to know that I'm going to be the the father of a great nation? How am I going to know that I'm going to have the children of the stars of the heavens and the sands of the sea? And God says, bring me a sacrifice. And Abraham brings God a sacrifice. And the Bible said that he cuts them up. He lays them in order because God only blesses order. Come on, somebody. If your life is a wreck, if it's all jacked up and and you got a mess in your life, you need to get it in order. You got to line it up with the word of God. Amen. And when you line up that sacrifice, he puts it in order. And when he puts it in order, then God comes and he begins. The Bible said that before that God would come, though, that the enemy would come. 
and the fowl of the air would come. Amen. How many know that the fowl of the air represents unclean spirits and they will come to pull up the seed, to come to steal the sacrifice before God can give you the answer. But the Bible said that Abraham stood over that sacrifice and he would not allow the enemy to take it. Glory to God. I want you to understand today that the enemy will always be after your sacrifice. He will come to steal, to kill, and destroy. He will come when you made a sacrifice to God. He will come to try to pull it up, to tear it up, to take it away before God can receive it. But praise God, just like you would not give up on a a garden. You don't put seed in the ground and leave it taken care of, but you've got to protect that ground. You've got to take care of that seed. And I've come today to tell you, if you've ever spent any time in prayer, if you've ever praised God when you didn't feel like praising him, if you've ever clapped your hands just because you knew he was God, if you ever come to church when you didn't feel like getting up out of bed, amen, you have got seed in the ground. You've got a promise. You've got something, amen, that God sacrificed unto God and you need to protect that sacrifice so the enemy does not steal it. You've got too much invested in the word over your life to just allow the enemy to come up in there and take it away from you. You've got to guard and protect your sacrifice until God can receive it. Oh, come on and praise him here. You got to stand over it and tell your enemy, you can't have my children. Amen. You can't have my blessing. You can't, you aren't going to get my promise. Amen. I am going to guard and protect it because I've got too much invested in this thing. Amen. Verse 12 said that God told him, fear not. I'm your great, uh, uh, exceedingly great reward. And then in verse 12, the Bible said, and horror and great darkness fell upon him. It's amazing that God told him, don't fear, and now horror and great darkness has come upon him. Have you ever felt like you was left in the dark? You ever felt like that God has spoken to you? And now you look around and great horror because you don't know what to do. Great horror because great darkness has come upon you. I see I ain't got no real people in here today. Well, just let me tell you then. I've been in a place when God said, fear not. And I found myself in horror and great darkness. Even though God said, fear not. I felt like I was all alone. Felt like that I was the only one praising God. Felt like that I was empty and dry and barren. But yet I would hold on to the word that God gave me. Amen. I want to tell you that while it is true that darkness represents trouble and evil, but it's also true that God is not afraid of the dark. I said God is not afraid of the dark. 
In fact, God does his best work in darkness. Amen. I know that you've got more faith than Abram did, but he said, I found myself in the dark. I know you're a better praiser than David was, but David said, darkness has come upon me. I know you're better than Job, but Job said, I've got this darkness that has covered my whole house. Praise God. Jesus said, what I tell you in darkness, I want you to repeat in light. That tells me the sun isn't always going to be shining. That tells me that darkness is going to come. That tells me that trouble will find its way over to my house. Come on, somebody. Amen. There is something that when God speaks a word over your life has to go through this death, burial, and resurrection process. Amen. That even when you rejoice, when you receive the word, but darkness is going to find its way to your house. Trouble is going to find its way to where you are. It's going to look like the promise of God is dead and there's no way that it's ever going to come to pass but that's so when it does come to pass you can't take the credit for it glory to God but you know that God has raised up that that seemed like it was dead and caused it to live God brought his word to pass over your life it was not the manipulation of people it was not because somebody made it happen for you but it's because God spoke that word in a dark season of your life he said I know it's dark but I'm God all by myself and I will bring it to pass if you'll only praise me. Oh, I wish I had some praisers in this place this morning. I wish I had somebody believe what I'm talking about because you see all of us go through the dark, but I've got good news for you today. Darkness can only endure for the night, but joy. I said joy will come up in your morning. Hallelujah. Joy will come. Victory will come. Amen. The dark can only be there for a season, but your season is going to change. And when it does, it's going to bring the joy and the victory of God because you are willing to sacrifice in a dark season of your life. I'm not talking about being in sin. I'm talking about being in dark night of the soul. When you have all kinds of things, and yet that God has already done for you that you should be rejoicing over, but there's this one thing that's missing, the one thing that takes rest from you, the one thing that steals your peace until God brings this promise to pass. And you're saying, God, I'm thankful for all there is, but what about the promise? And he found himself in a hopeless despondency, wondering, God, how do I know that what you said is going to come to pass? You become so cast down in your soul until your praise is let down and you give up worshiping and you give up praising. It doesn't mean that you don't love God. It means that you're, you yourself find yourself in a dark place. In verse 17, it says, 
When the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between the pieces. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. In the same day that Abram was covered in darkness, when it was dark and burning, the Bible said a lamp came. The lamp represents God. And God came down and walked through the sacrifice. This tells me that when you're in your darkest hour, you don't know how to believe past where you are. And you ask God, how will I know? And God says, give me a sacrifice. Amen. And you, you, and you, you know, you're like, you want to roll your sanctified eyes and say, really? I told you I come to preach to real people. Really? I don't have nothing left to give. I've praised, I've given, I've worshiped. And you ask, you're telling me to give you a sacrifice. But I want to tell you, God says, give me a sacrifice. How will I know my family is going to be saved? God says, praise me like they already are. How, how Have you ever come to church and you, and you should have been praising God, but you were so empty that you didn't have a praise? Have you ever come and you knew you should be reading your Bible, but you looked at it and said, I can't get nothing out of it. You came and you said, God, I'm so empty. And you went to try to pray and all you do, your mind would wonder and think about TV shows and think about the bills and think about what you ought to be doing. All of these things come against you. But I want to tell you that when you feel like there's nothing left, God says, bring me a sacrifice. Because you see, God isn't after the facade. He isn't after the cute praise. He's after the what is inside of your heart. And when you're empty of the facade, when you're empty of everything else, God says, then you can bring yourself to me. Bring a real praise to me. Give me what's in your heart, praise God. And when you bring me what's in your heart, I'm going to bless it. You feel like you don't have nothing left and God says, bring me a sacrifice. And you do it. And you fight off every spirit that comes to steal away the sacrifice. And now horror and great darkness has come upon you. What do you do? If you're there, I've got good news for you. When darkness come, God came down. I said when darkness was all around them, saturated them with darkness, the Bible said God came down in a lamp and in fire. Glory to God. I'm here today to tell somebody that may be in that place that you're thankful for what God has done. But there's a promise that is still over your life that you're believing God for. You may feel like you don't have nothing left. You may feel as empty as you've ever been. Amen. But you choose today to say, God, I'm going to praise you like they're already saved. I'm going to thank you like I'm already healed. I'm going to give you the praise because I know that when I praise you even in this dark situation that you're going to come down how can I be assured of that because God said he inhabits the praise of his people and if you'll dare to pray
praise him in the dark season of your life. God's going to walk down, amen, into this earth realm where you are. And he's going to come not just by himself, but he, when he comes, he's bringing light so you can see the path. He's bringing fire so you can be delivered. He's bringing hope so your hopelessness will have to flee. He's bringing the answer. Why? Because he is God. And even though it's dark, he's not afraid of the dark. When he comes, he brings fire and he brings light. Light speaks to me of revelation. I don't know how to get out of this circumstance. I don't know which way to turn. But light speaks of revelation that God is not only going to tell me I'm your exceedingly great reward. He is going to give me revelation on how to receive my victory. Amen. God says, I don't want you to fear the dark because I'm coming in fire and I'm coming in revelation. And I'm coming to where you are because you dared to give me a sacrifice. Whatever I tell you in darkness, speak it in light. What you hear me whisper in your ear, preach it from the housetop. How many know you got to have some kind of faith to do that. Okay, you don't know it. Let me tell you, you got to have some kind of faith to do that. Because John found himself in darkness. And he questioned if Jesus was the son of God or not. Are you walking with me? He got over there. He had already seen Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead, set the captive free. He had already seen Jesus do miracles. He had walked with him for some time. But now he's in a dark prison cell. Have you ever felt like you're in a prison cell of life? And here John was. He had already seen all of these great things. But yet he called his disciples over there and called through the jail cell and said, I want you to go ask Jesus if he's the one or should we look for another? In your dark season of your life, the enemy will always come and tell you he ain't really God. You just dreamed that up. You just thought that was the way it was supposed to be. You thought that he was going to do something. He he loves other people, but he don't love you. If he loved you, this wouldn't happen. You just dreamed all of this up. But there John was. He was having that prison cell of his life. He was wondering. He was pondering about the promise of God over his life. And he brings his disciples over and says, go ask him. Make sure that he's the one. Or should we look for another? Amen. And they got to where Jesus was. And they said, John said, we want to know if you're the one or should we look for another? And Jesus just dismissed them and said, go over there and sit down for a minute. And he opened the blind eyes. He released the tongue of the the one that could not speak. The cripple began to walk and to leap. And he went back 